Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute, where social justice, human development, and community building come together. This is where you will meet activists, artists, teachers, scholars, helpers, and healers who are bringing creativity, hope, and possibility to individuals and communities all over the world. Everybody, welcome to All Power to the Developing. I'm Jan Wooten. I'm your host for today's episode, and I am so excited to be talking across the ocean today uh, from New York to Kassel, Germany, where we're meeting the improvisational pianist and, and musician par excellence. Ursel Schlicht. Ursel, hello. Thank you for joining today. Hi, I'm very happy <laughs> to be invited. So nice to meet you. Ursel, I, uh, Ursel you and I met uh, back in 2012, 2011, when you were based out of New York. You've had a, a long and brilliant career. Um, as a somebody doing new kinds of music uh, as a pianist, um, as an improviser, as an avant-garde free jazz performer, uh, uh, music composer, scholar, educator, um, bringing communities into the love and joy of creating very way out and far out and interesting <laughs> mixes of music. And in fact, when we met, um, we were creating a different kind of uh, playful conversation in a social therapy center in Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Social Therapy Group. And as part of one of the community activities, you had organized a night at the Irondale Theater, where you brought your class from Ramapo College to make music with an audience of some hundred people in this beautiful old theater with a grand balcony. And we were playfully banging and clanging and making noises and so on. And people walked away going, oh, my God, what's that? that, that does that strike a memory for you? <laughs> Uh, yes, I really loved that <laughs> evening. And, and uh, um, it was interesting with the students to play with that large space because we were spaced out all over the balcony. So um, you couldn't necessarily see everyone, but you can listen to sounds coming from very different places. And it was a first try that we did. The students had never done that before. So you, you, were, you have a history since your early days at university in Kassel, where you were beginning to explore free music, free jazz, and composition and improvisation. In fact, I think I saw something that you wrote on composing for improvisers, which yeah. seemed a little bit of a, like, what? Composing for improvisers? 
but it's it is something that you've played with for many years. How, how do you, tell us something about what you mean by that? Um, well, there are so many different ways you can approach improvisation. Um, and very often there is a structure within which you are getting creative. There is something in the realm of completely free improvised music and free jazz where it's completely limitless and you don't think about form. The, the form develops as you play. Um, however, um, it's interesting to have some kind of a theme, some, some kind of kind of a springboard and also in free jazz you have that people write melodies and then they jump off that simple melody and go uh, any place with that I like to have uh, very different approaches to improvisation to um, to continually expand your way of expressing yourself and um, if there is a Composition, the composition is usually not a composition a through composed piece, but it's a specific musical thought or several musical thoughts that are in a, in a particular order um, that enable um, people to work with that, that thought. It's like a specific vocabulary, some words, yeah. some images, and then that's what it is this time. Oh, Ursula, you are talking the language of development. And, I, and that is partly why I am so thrilled to share some of your work with our listeners uh, in the ways that you are using improvisation, play, spontaneous creativity to create zones where people brand new to music brand new to singing and rhythms and tonalities and so on can come together to make something new together musically. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as you say, that structure that infuses this, um, one of my friends asked me to, to query you as to whether a structure that you use is like a chord or a tonal center. It's, it's some, some structure that helps everyone play off of one another. Well, ideally, I would like to come up with something different every time I compose something for improvisers. So it's not necessarily a tonality or a chord or a chord structure. It can be that, but it can also be um, some kind of a sonic landscape um, that is open, that is completely undefined in terms of tonality. Or um, there are some rhythmic patterns and then you improvise off of that. For example, a couple of days ago, we gave a concert with a trio with uh, a bass player and a tabla player. And um, it's very interesting to delve into that territory because uh, a tabla player plays a specific rhythmic cycle. Um, it's not very uh, obvious to uninitiated listeners how exactly the cycle goes but then I took that and um, that is a structure I could put a, a, a theme over it but and we can open it up and we can we don't have to define how long something is going to be but in terms of uh, 
a basic structure. There is something underlying that is just defined. So let's, and, uh, let's listen yeah. to that. Just a, you, you, you introduced a little piece for us. Let's listen and hear if we can hear when that improvised riff turns into something that melds around the rhythmic structure. floating along with this music and imagining you at the center of a grouping of musicians from across Germany and Europe and, and then Afghanistan and Turkey and Kurdish communities and so on coming together. I, I, I read about your sonic exchange where you bring musicians from all over the world to do these magnificent riffs and playing together. Um, that's the sound of that. And, and you've described it as building bridges among different peoples. Talk, talk to us about that. What do you mean? Well, um, I often have encountered uh, people through music and through making music together. And that developed into some very substantive uh, friendships, which we would not have been able to have if it wasn't for this shared activity of making music together. And um, which requires to listen. Listening is very important. What are the other people playing? What is each person bringing to find uh, a way of communicating in this particular um, trio? I'm uh, getting to know what a tabla actually really sounds like and how that works. And then I want to challenge everybody to play a little different from what they, what everybody is usually doing so that there is something coming together from different areas, um, which requires spending time together, improvising together, listening to each other, and then, feeling out it's a lot of intuition that goes into that what is possible with this person and mm -hmm. and this but what is possible with this particular tabla player after a while when i'm writing these uh, cycles you can i'm kind of reinforcing the cycle that the tabla is playing with a bass cycle which is not very difficult to listen to so if you rewind and you listen to that passage, you, you feel like it's a short riff. And then I said, well, we need somebody else to, uh, to come to us, a cello or a bass. Somebody can take over and also play that 
bass ostinato so that I am freer to improvise on the piano, to do more, to just to expand. And that's where it's at right now. Um, and with a different person, even if it's the same instrument, it would not necessarily end up the same way. This is also it happens to be somebody uh, who really is into practicing together. Some musicians want um, sheet music instructions, what am I supposed to do? And then very quickly arrive at some kind of a result. And here it is, um, it's a process that takes time. So I can't really say that um, there is a, a blueprint how these things work, but I feel like intuition and listening are core aspects much more important than which tonality you want to use or is it more jazz or is it more improvised or things so, like that. Part of, of what I found so fascinating about your work is that as we talk about in all kinds of stages where people, very diverse people are coming together to do something new, to create something new, you talk about as an improviser, the importance of developing your ear. Now, I don't think you necessarily just mean your ear for the sound waves that are coming at your ear. I, but I'm, I'm intrigued by in these multicultural, very diverse ensembles of musicians creating new culture. What does, what does it mean to develop your ear? Well, um, I learn a lot of music by listening, uh, which is something that ideally is also the way of approaching jazz. When I started studying jazz, uh, I felt like there was too much theoretical information, too much notated music that um, is in often, often you tighten up because you want to, immediately reproduce a certain aesthetic. And it also takes time. And uh, it's a different approach to more and more uh, listen to a melody or a chord structure or a piece of music and to be able to reproduce it by ear rather than having to have uh, a lot of written information. And then when I work with people um, whose languages I don't speak, which is not the case in this in this trio. Then it is even more important to be able to just hear what somebody is playing and to go with it. So it's a good ear training to listen to a melody that somebody plays or sings and to be able to play it. For example, uh, on my flute. The flute came out in these contexts sometimes because uh, it's only about playing a melody that I'm learning. Um, people sing, people have a certain way of phrasing something. There, is, there are nuances in the intonation that, is, that might be different from what I'm used to hearing. So there are all these musical nuances and it goes on and on and on. Um, and I also might add, it's not limited to um, a culture or another culture. You also have that in Western uh, new music, contemporary music. There are lots of very, very fine tuned 
aspects. And the better you get at that, the freer you get to play with this material. Mm-hmm. Should, we, should we listen to that flow that you got into with your flute? I know that people listening to this conversation today are going to want to hear your music. And there's so many great pieces on up on YouTube, including some of this recent work that you've been doing in collaboration with your Middle Eastern colleagues um, uh, in Kassel. Uh, and I think what we should do is maybe let's break for a minute. And when we come back, I want to talk about the project that you did in 2015 with some of the people coming into Germany from Syria and other parts of the Middle East. Um, but and we'll we'll tell people about that. Okay. Cool. Hi, I'm Melissa Meyer, Associate Director of the Eastside Institute. Welcome to All Power to the Developing. I hope you're enjoying today's conversation. In each episode, we introduce you to some amazing performance activists, play revolutionaries, and developmentalists from around the world who talk to us about their creative grassroots efforts to build a better world. If you like what you hear, please follow and share the series. You can find us on Amazon, Spotify, and Podbean. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas. Like everything at the Institute, the growth of all power to the developing depends upon the people who create it and benefit from it. We hope you're one of them. Thanks for your support. And now back to our conversation. We are back with improvisational musician, composer, free jazz aficionado Ursel Schlicht in Kassel, Germany today. This is Jan Wooten at All Power to the Developing. And Ursel, I, I know for many years since I, I read that since 1991, you've been organizing musicians uh, internationally in, in multicultural ensembles, including back uh, at, at a time where you were organizing the Ex Tempore Ensemble with Afghani and, and musicians from Mali and Eritrea, Japan, and Russia. And I think then fast forward to 2012, when you put together something that you call the Sonic Exchange there in Kassel, near Frankfurt, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have been uh, working with musicians from all over the Middle East and developing, I think I read somewhere you said they're unusual music encounters. So tell us about that. And, and maybe if you could talk to us about the, that moment in 2015 as, as people from Syria and across the Middle East were flooding into Germany and some of the work you did then. 
Um, picking up on Sonic Exchange in 2012, um, I had the opportunity to uh, do a longer artist residency in Kassel in Germany. I was still based in Brooklyn at that time. Um, and I just opened up uh, the space to whoever wanted to participate. And I wanted regional, local and uh, like musicians who, who were based in Germany to interact with each other and to open it up through, uh, to people who were coming through, for example, from here. There were people who came from uh, other countries because they would combine a visit in Kassel with another gig, or there is a singer from Iceland who came, who I met in the States at an artist residency at Music Oh My, um, who said, I really need to just be with people. It's, uh, I need to get out of Iceland and uh, can I come for a week? And I said, yes, sure. So, and I called it Sonic Exchange because um, I wanted to make uh, clear by that, that I didn't, didn't intend to be the leader of something. I wanted the interaction and I wanted the spontaneity in terms of you don't know who's showing up at what time, which days are falling into place for which, for which people. And um, we had an entire summer of exciting encounters. Some people brought compositions, some people brought electronics, and it was a wild mix of different sounds on different evenings. And we had the opportunity to just use the this, this space for evening performances. So the, um, the idea of Sonic Exchange has carried on to this day. My project series is still called Sonic Exchange and I like to put the aspect of an actual exchange into that. So a few years later, I was back in Kassel living there and uh, that's what you're referring to. In 2015, all of a sudden, there was this influx of refugees um, traveling often um, in, under, under the most difficult conditions, walking the, the Balkan route towards somewhere in the West. And uh, I felt like this was an hist a, a historic moment that... Uh, was really important and I wanted to contribute by making contact through music. It was also um, a time where a lot of people here in Germany were very excited to welcome people. So there was an atmosphere that was really particular. In no time here in, in, a, in Kassel, which is a medium-sized city, you won't believe how fast uh, some kind of a environment could be transformed into a shelter. It was very, very fast. People uh, went just above and beyond what you would expect to participate. A lot of uh, organizations like the Red Cross was uh, really providing whatever was possible to provide shelter, medical care, register people figuring out what to do and how to, how to help and also to figure out uh, who was who and what were the reasons to, to do this and is it possible to stay in Germany, all of that. So in the very beginning, it wasn't totally easy to get an opportunity to make contact because those things came first and people were protected in these uh, facilities 
Um, however, there was one facility that was open to activities because there were some 400 people in one basically large hall in the beginning. So we came and uh, with a few colleagues and just offered to do something. And we had no idea what to expect. People spoke languages that I don't understand. I speak several languages, but uh, if it comes to um, Arabic and um, yeah, whatever, Turkish or Persian, I have no clue. I learned a few words now, but uh, at the time it was really about getting together and doing something. And um, it was a really joyous experience. And that was really great to see that in the weirdest, uh, really very difficult conditions, you can just be together for maybe two hours, make some sound together, have some kind of a moment where everybody goes out of their daily obligations and you are just in this moment. And to be in those moments together proved to be very powerful. And um, often it's a, it's a really healing experience to have some joy in the middle of all this stress that you're under. And for everyone, for us, it was also like a very new, unusual um, setting. How, what do you do? How much do you try to guide something? How can you go along with what people bring. And it's very clear, if you, even if you don't understand Arabic, but if somebody says, oh, here's a great singer and points to a person, then you understand that uh, that's what's going to happen. Sometimes there was marginal English and then somebody would sing something. And if people happen to be there from that same uh, cultural environment, then they would often know the song and uh, and chime in and, and go with that. So then we were trying to support with percussion instruments or a flute or um, whatever, small hand instruments. And, and it was really fun. It was really fun. And ever since then, um, every so often I give workshops where I'm uh, providing these kinds of experiences for people who are interested. Over time then, people would like to learn something about music. In these initial big facilities, it's just about being together. Some people have musical backgrounds and uh, would like to and can play instruments, but and many are just there because they happen to end up there. And now some of my workshops are more specific to talk about musical details and to help people get better at whatever musical interests they have and to have more of an exchange, how music works and what, the, what, what scales are used in this environment and what are we using in a different context and how does this relate to Western music or jazz music, and stuff like that. It's a continuous learning experience. And that's something that uh, I really feel is important in our profession as musicians, that you are continuously developing to use that beautiful word. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just remarking uh, that when you talked about being together, your whole face lit up. Yeah. And uh, 
you said that it was as much for you, the musicians who went to the hall, as it was for the people in the hall to be mm-hmm. together. And I'm thinking it, it, it seems so beautiful that you're together making something beautiful together, you know? Uh, do, yeah. do, you, do you think about it in that way? That you that that the making of the music together, um, absolutely. Uh, it's different from being, um, for example, a doctor, and, and your job is to uh, check if people are healthy. In this case, you're on the same on the same plane. You do just, just everybody is joining in, and uh, I'm. Uh, there is no hierarchy between one person and another or one group and another. At that time, it was just providing a little bit of a guidance, but basically it was about exchange. Mm -hmm. And I find that uh, very rewarding. And um, I feel like I have a, um, I find that um, politically, important to be um, in the same kind of a zone and to, to have like mutual respect for the sonic experience you're creating together. Mm-hmm. If I'm a leader of a workshop or a leader of an ensemble, then I'm in a particular role. That's fine too. I want to uh, teach people something. But um this way that you can be together in music or in other forms of art uh, that is um, that is without those imposed hierarchies. If you're a refugee, like by definition, you're you're on a in a different position than somebody who is established, who lives there, who speaks the language, who knows the 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 way of life, who usually is established, has some kind of a money money financial situation that is stable and all those things um so there are not so many fields where you can interact where you don't we can just get rid of that and i'm thankful for the uh, the songs that i've been taught so i'm learning and i'm listening to come back to an earlier part of this conversation i'm developing my ear because i'm listening to a new song that i haven't heard before and i better remember how it goes because the next time we want to do it again and I don't have a recording of it. So it stays in my, uh, uh, in my brain, in my, in my body. And interesting also when I learn music that way, um, I can recall it years later. If I meet the same person who would sing something that we did at certain, at a certain point, I remember it differently. Um, and I'm sure that people who are researching about brain and memory can say something to that, that it's different to learn uh, by heart than to learn from a written sheet of music, which I tend to forget. And I can't reproduce that way. So, um, and I feel like I often say in those contexts, if we could just all be like that more in many other contexts, the world would be a much more peaceful and uh, enjoyable place. And you don't have to, you get rid of a lot of stress that way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's making me think of a, 
new way of understanding world music. It's uh, almost as you're talking about this world sonic experience that we can make, not the music that's over there or on you know, another station or on another channel or in another yeah. culture, but the world sonic experience. And I'm, you know, Ursul, not to overstate this, but given that people come together and don't understand each other with their languages many times, that music seems like an, it's such an important platform for creating new culture, right? Right. And uh... And it's so irrelevant what else is going on in people's lives at, in that particular moment. Yeah. And it creates a basis where later you can talk about um, issues that uh, might be difficult. But uh, I never ask people about where they come from or what experiences they have or what religion uh, they practice or any of that stuff. It's just, it's just at that moment, all that counts is to uh, make sound together. Yeah. Beautiful. So Ursul, before we leave you today, I'm, I'm wondering how you're thinking about what's next, what's on the horizon in this crazy world. In terms of me and my music. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I've been uh, focusing during the pandemic on a couple of projects that focus more my my personal voice um, and to get out of that uh, continuum collaborative uh, sonic experience to also say where who am I as a musician. I recorded a couple of solo tracks for Friends in America and we're just... Uh, in the final stages of finishing one piece that came out of it that is called Breathing Meditation. And it was uh, recorded during a lockdown period where everybody is very much by themselves, but you want to keep in touch with people over long distances. So um, I'm just working on that. Um, so I sent something out. People were recording something to it. And this is this particular piece is uh, is now a trio with Catherine Sikora on tenor saxophone and Andrew Drury on drums. Um, if I can pull it off, I've never done this before, but I would like to have this as a sound installation where you can be in the room and meditate over the aspect of breath and the necessity to breathe and the various ways we were restricted in breathing you wear a mask, you have to keep a distance, all that stuff. Also, it was recorded shortly after the height of the summer where the Black Lives Matter protest was really, really going strong. And we were all uh, mourning the murder of George Floyd. And it's like the ultimate aggression to just take somebody's breath away. So it has that aspect too. Like we need to breathe and we need to have space um, and so there is a way of me improvising and realizing that, yeah, this is actually um, triggered by, by my feelings about all these things. It's, it's a partially very unconscious process to improvise. However, in this piece, you can, you can hear those aspects. So then we were talking about it. 
we had various Zoom meetings and were documenting what we felt at different points, points in time, and we do that. And in terms of uh, um, incorporating music from a different culture, this project with the tabla player that I didn't know you would pick for tonight, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we just had a performance and uh, this takes the music to a, a, a different level. This is something now that we develop into a program that we go out with and we can perform on a stage and it's a concert. It's not no longer a meeting and a process. We have like, we're arriving at a level where we want to um, bring this on stages and to play for audiences. For me, that's a, that's a good way, a good um, phase to be in, um, because in in a situation like 2015, I'm so busy focusing on everybody else that I'm just putting myself into a big mix. And now, I also would like to focus on projects where you hear more of my personal musical statements, especially on piano. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, it, it's um, so delightful to talk to you, Ursa. Um, and for our listeners in Europe, you have a chance to see Ursa and her, and her various quartets and trios play in Germany and elsewhere. And here in New York, when she's often in one of the edgiest avant-garde jazz spots um, in Brooklyn or Manhattan. And uh, for those of you who want to find out more, ursaschlicht.com, check that out. Uh, Ursa, I just, I am so appreciative from what we've talked about today, the role that you play as an expert in, in musical form as a brilliant performer and composer, the structures that you give beginners and neophytes and people new to music, the opportunity to make culture together. So thank you for your work and thank you for being part of this all power to the, the developing podcast. Well, thank you so very much. I really love about uh, to talk about these, these uh issues because I feel like it's such a beautiful way of uh, of approaching music and um, I just I would like to add like one uh, one second for listeners um, who might not understand the name properly so it's with a schlicht s-c-h-l-i-c-h-t dot com um, to hopefully find a, a few a few things on my website Good. Yeah. And and listeners, if you like what you hear on All Power to the Developing, send us a note at podcast at eastsideinstitute.org. Tell us what you think, what you think about what you're hearing, and we'll, we'd love to read your comment as part of the next episode. So we'll say goodbye for now. Thank you and All Power to the Developing. Thank you so much. Power to the Developing has been brought to you in part by the Baylor Wolf Fund. <laughs>